When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Happy Valentine's Day. It's not often that our show comes out on a holiday, so it gives me a fun excuse to go all in to celebrate the occasion. And since it's Valentine's Day and love is on my brain, I wanted to share the five love languages of quilting. If you haven't heard of the five love languages, it's a book uh, that was published in 1992 by the author Gary Chapman. Gary is a marriage counselor, he's a speaker, and he has a passion for helping people form lasting relationships. And so the basis of his philosophy is that people give and receive love in different ways. And by learning your love language and the love languages of your friends and family around you, you can show others you care in a way that's meaningful to them while also asking for love and connection through your own preferred way. Just like all personality learning philosophies, I think it's interesting to think about uh, but I will say it's just, it's not exactly the be-all, end-all in a relationship. I mean, I, I wouldn't always take these kind of personality things so seriously. So this show about relating quilting to the different love languages is just meant to be fun and whimsical on Valentine's Day. So if you want to take the quiz to see what your love language is, you can do that for free. Um, on their website. It's 5lovelanguages.com. That's the number five, not the word spelled out. And I'll link to it in our show notes too. So now I'm going to share the five love languages according to the book and then give ideas of how you can use your hobby to give love to others in that specific language. The first is acts of service. Now this is my personal love language. People whose love language is acts of service believe that actions speak louder than words. They feel cared for when people around them make their lives easier, help cross things off their to-do list, handle chores or errands, or even take on a project so that that person can relax. If you know quilters in your life who appreciate acts of service, Brainstorm some easy ways to help them with their tasks when they seem stressed or busy. So for example, you could offer to pick up any supplies or fabric they need from the store. They'll pay you back quickly. They just like getting their time back. Or offer to drop their stack of quilt tops off at your favorite long-arm quilter so they can cross some projects off their list. Or if you have kids that are all the same age, maybe offer to host a play date so that they have some extra time to themselves. 
or drop off dinner one night so they can sew a little longer that day without worrying about having to cook. The next love language is receiving gifts. So people whose love language is receiving gifts, they enjoy visual and physical symbols of love. It's not about how much money went into the gift, rather the thought that went into it. They know that receiving a gift means a person thought about them and then was deliberate in choosing something they'd like and appreciate. So this is certainly an easy one for quilters to handle. Uh, Many quilters I know love giving gifts, whether it's quilts or even just smaller objects. If you feel inclined, go the extra mile when giving gifts to those whose love language is receiving gifts because they'll be very in tune to the colors of fabric you use, the motifs of the fabric, and even what the project is used for. So if they love cooking, for example, maybe make them a pot holder that matches the colors in their kitchen. If they love reading, uh, maybe gift a fabric bookmark showing some fussy cut fabrics of something they love. Or consider adding like a monogram or a special applique or embroidery accent to personalize their gift. Um, These people will appreciate those little personal touches more than others might. The third love language is quality time. So for these people, undivided attention from another person makes them feel loved. And not necessarily just sitting together on the couch watching TV, although that can do in a pinch, Um, but people who value quality time like to do fun activities with others, uh, have deep and meaningful conversations, Uh, maybe they love to make eye contact. So we know quilters like to get social, so if you have sewing buddies in your life that speak the quality time love language, Maybe suggest a sewing day or a quilting retreat so that you can get together and spend uninterrupted time together. Or head to a quilt show or a quilt museum together. The important thing is to get time on their calendar. And for the non-quilters in your life, they might actually feel left out or neglected the more time you spend sewing. So choose maybe a simple handwork project something that doesn't require too much of your attention, so that you can move your sewing time closer to that person and have a conversation together. Or maybe you're traveling somewhere together so you can do handwork in the car while you know, you're know you spending time with that person. You could even suggest maybe like a little outing on the weekend too. Like you could hit up a local quilt shop and then make sure you stop at a place they'd enjoy, maybe like a bookstore, a gardening store, um, even a nice restaurant, so you're both getting to do something you love while spending that time together. The next love language is words of affirmation. People whose love language is words of affirmation value verbal acknowledgments of affection, including compliments, uh, sharing your appreciation for them, and giving encouragement. These people enjoy hearing others say, I love you, um, as well as getting texts and social media messages with kind words and check-ins. So if you have quilter friends who speak the words of affirmation love language, show you care by commenting positive feedback on their social media posts if they post pictures there, or send them a text or an email asking what they're working on now. 
they'll appreciate hearing from those they share a hobby with. You may also want to invite these friends into Facebook quilting groups, if you belong to any of those, where they can share their quilt photos and hear positive comments from quilters everywhere. And the last love language is a physical touch. So for these people, hugs, holding hands, and cuddling on the couch are great reminders that they're loved and valued. They get feelings of warmth and comfort through touch. Luckily for quilters, quilts directly relate to physical touch. So if you have friends that speak this love language, consider gifting them a throw quilt, maybe something large enough they can curl up with. They may also appreciate textural elements, um, such as flannel or plush backing on a quilt, or maybe chenille or applique accents. And if you have a partner or a child whose love language is physical touch, suggest a cuddle session on the couch for a movie night under a warm and cozy quilt. Um, a child might even enjoy choosing the quilt to use. And there you have it, the five love languages and how quilters can connect more deeply with others using them. So I hope you have some fun with these ideas. Um, and you know, if anyone wants to come over to my house and do all my cleaning this week uh, so I have more time to sew, I'd appreciate that active service. <laughs> so I find this topic just fascinating. So if you wanted to share your love language with me, shoot me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. That email is listed in the show notes. Um, I would love to chat about this topic more. So we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing tips for completing your projects and the details of our next quilt along. Welcome back. Before we jump into the next segment, I have to share a listener email I got about our last episode. So in our last episode, which was episode 544, we shared ways to care for and clean your sewing supplies. And as a suggestion, I said if your scissors were dull, you could cut into layers of aluminum foil or sandpaper to sharpen them. A lovely listener informed me that this is actually an old wives' tale. And I had no idea. Um, I've seen this tip all over the internet, um, but obviously I should have done more research before suggesting it, suggesting it. But scissors should really only be sharpened by a professional since they're all made differently. They have different slants and serrations on the blades and other things to consider. So I just feel so bad if I led anyone astray. Um, and just don't panic if you already tried it. I don't think one time will ruin your scissors, but this is definitely not something to add to your regular maintenance routine. So thanks so much for the listener who emailed in to let us all know this. And now it's time for UFO Challenge, a segment where we share tips for tackling your unfinished projects. And I love today's tip, which is to time your tasks. Have you ever tried to do this before? The basis of this idea is that hard or tedious tasks actually never take as long as we think they do. So because we just dread doing the task, our brains just blow them up in our head and make it seem like these tasks take forever. 
And I know this to be true. So for instance, in my home life, I dread cleaning the kitchen. It's my least favorite household chore. And if you would ask me how long I spend cleaning the kitchen each week, I would tell you two hours. Two hours of my precious time spent scrubbing the sink and wiping counters and mopping floors. But a few weeks ago, I actually timed myself cleaning the kitchen. And you know how long it actually took me. 35 minutes. I was shocked. That's really not much time at all compared to the time I thought I was spending on it. So I thought to bring the same tactic into my sewing room on another task I dislike, basting a quilt. So this task always seems tedious to me. Um, and I kept pushing this particular quilt back because in my head, I needed a whole night to pin baste this quilt and I never had a free night that I just wanted to give up to baste a quilt. So I was, you know, down on the floor, I'm pin basting this throw quilt with the timer on my phone running so I could see how long it took me. And it only took me 40 minutes to baste this quilt. <laughs> it was a smaller throw size, so I know if I was doing a larger quilt, it would be more time, but still, only 40 minutes. I thought I needed hours and hours, like a whole night worth. So this act of timing yourself doing a task serves two purposes in my head. So the first is that it allows you to be honest with yourself about how long a task is actually taking you so that you have no excuses for why you're too busy to cross some of these tedious tasks off your list. And it also, that helps you best plan your time. So for instance, if you know you have 20 minutes free during your day, you can choose the best task to tackle during that time, something you know you can finish or that will make real progress. And the second purpose is I am convinced that timing yourself makes you work faster. So because I was timing myself, basting, it became like a race or kind of like a game to finish in the fastest time. So I wasn't stopping you know, to take little breaks to scroll on Instagram on my phone. Um, you know, I, I wasn't getting distracted and playing with other fabrics for another project. So I was focused. I was productive during that time because I knew that timer was running. So in a way, getting the timer out might help you accomplish tasks quicker and more efficiently. So I hope you give this a try. I definitely want to time more tasks in my sewing room. Um, maybe I'll time sewing backing for a quilt next. That's one I often put off too. Or maybe even machine quilting. Um, so many options. But shoot me an email if you try this and let me know how it works for you. So now we're moving on to behind the scenes where we share fun things happening in the office. And if you listened in last week, you heard us interview Charisma Horton, who is the designer of our next quilt along. And I wanted to share a few more details about the quilt along for those wanting to join. So the quilt is called Twice as Fun, and it features two blocks and two distinct colorways. 
So the original quilt showcases blocks in a variety of blues, teals, greens, grays, and cream. Um, and we're really excited to have this quilt as the Quilt Along Quilt because through your color choices, you can create such different looks in this quilt. So the secondary design that happens when these two block patterns combine is really unique and you can play up different parts of the design with your colors. So the pattern includes five different size options and a special coloring and fabric swatch section to help you plan your fabric placement. So I think we're going to get such a variety of looks with this quilt um, and I just can't wait to see what everyone does with the pattern. So the quilt along starts February 21st and it runs through the end of May. So since it's a longer quilt along, you can really jump in at any time and still be able to get caught up quickly if you want. So during the quilt along, we're going to be sharing tips and tricks. Uh, we have video tutorials. We're going to be hosting a virtual quilt retreat um, and we have an exclusive Facebook group um, and we'll also be giving away prizes. So we really hope you join in. Um, it's always a fun time, these quilt alongs are, so we'll link to the de details in the show notes. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're hearing what's on a staff member's workspace, as well as sharing some products we love. Welcome back. I'm handing the mic over to Allison, the designer of Quilts and More, for what's on your workspace. Take it away, Allison. After I finish working on a project, I find myself feeling a bit lost, unsure what to work on next. I recently saw someone online call this time a quilting hangover, and that's exactly how I felt for the last few weeks. Last month, I finished a quilt top that's ready to head to my long arm quilter, and I've been wanting to start a new project, but was at a loss for what to do. This past weekend, I decided to just sew for the sake of sewing to see if I could get out of this quilting slump. I've been wanting to make a black and white quilt for a while now, so I dug out fabrics for my stash with no real plan in mind. I searched through countless patterns and scrolled through Instagram to get inspired, which did help, but I still came away without a specific plan in mind. As a person who likes structure and follows rules, it felt weird to start cutting fabric without having a plan. I decided that you can't ever go wrong with half square triangles, so I cut five inch squares from the black and white modern boutiques that I had pulled together. I used the method of making four half square triangles at once. I stitched a quarter inch around all sides of the square and then cut them diagonally both ways. I didn't even count how many I was making, I just sewed until I felt like I had enough to play around with. I still have plenty of five inch squares left over. After pressing all the half square triangles, I decided to play around with adding some bits of color to them. I took a few of the blocks and cut them perpendicular to the seam line, added a strip of solid fabric, and then reattached the part of the block I had trimmed off. Because of how I went about adding the color strip, I had to trim the blocks down quite a bit to make them square. After trimming them, I realized that if I sewed a couple of them together, they would be five inches wide, which would fit with the leftover squares I cut at the beginning. Because of this, I decided to create bear paw blocks. 
In each block, I used one half square triangle that had a strip of color added in, while the other three were black and white. So far, I've just made four bear paw blocks. During each stage of this project, I've taken breaks to think about what I want to do next. Not having a concrete plan is out of my comfort zone, so I'm trying not to push myself too hard. I still want to make sure that I end up with a project that I enjoy. At this point, I'm not sure whether I'll turn these four blocks into a pillow or if I'm going to make something larger. I might experiment with adding flying geese or sashing to create more of a medallion quilt. This process has reminded me that it can be fun to experiment and play around with new ideas when it comes to quilting. Not all of it must be perfect or planned. Thanks so much, Allison. I just love hearing how you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to just play and have fun in your sewing room. It sounds like a really great project. Now we're moving on to what we're loving, where we share products and tools our staff is obsessed with. So the first product is the four inch multi-purpose perfect scissors by Karen K. Buckley. So we love all of our Karen K. Buckley scissors um, and this size, the four inch size is a new one in her collection. So this pair is a straight blade stainless steel scissors that's ideal for cutting fabric, freezer paper, template plastic, and it has a really sharp point, uh, which is great because um, it allows you to cut really intricate shapes like fused applique pieces pretty easily. Next is the Master Set Deco Bob Pre-Wound Bobbins. Um, so this set contains 40 bobbins of Wonderfill 80 weight thread in 36 different colors. So pre-wound bobbins are great for many reasons, uh, you know, so you don't have to stop to wind a new one while you're in the middle of a project. Um, and this set specifically has so many colors, so it's actually great to use for hand sewing, um, applique, embellishments, um, you know, other things, because you can match the colors of the thread to the fabric you're working with without having to invest in a large number of spools of thread. So if you've been trying to be a little healthier in your sewing room, you may need the Posture Perfect Sit-Upon. So this is a 13 inch diameter inflatable cushion from the Gypsy Quilter for your chair. Um, and it helps improve your posture, it relieves back pain, it takes pressure off your tailbone um, so that you can sit and sew comfortably for hours. And it comes with an air pump so that you can adjust the cushion for your own needs. Um, we got this in the office and let me just tell you, I pumped it up a little too much and I felt like I was like floating in the air. It was a very <laughs> large cushion, um, so I had to let it out, but I, I was a little, too enthusiastic with the air pump, <laughs> but it's very comfortable. If you need a reason to celebrate, it is the 25th anniversary of author Brenda Papadakis's Dear Jane book, and they just released a new edition to celebrate. So the new edition has tested and updated patterns for the 225 blocks that were part of the original 1863 quilt by Jane A. Stickle. 
and it has photographs of 18 quilts that were inspired by that original pattern. And it also includes, has like a little special touch, touch Brenda's letters to Jane, the quilt maker, um, which kind of touch on topics like the Civil War and women's rights. So I always love a good needle threader. And the Suto Needle Threader from Tulip is a multi-purpose tool that I'm very excited about. So not only can you use it to thread your needles with a push of a button, but the tool also has a thread cutter on the top and a magnet on the bottom to pick up needles and pins. Uh, it's so simple, but so handy. And lastly, I want to share about a wool ironing board pad. So we've talked about wool pressing mats many times on this podcast, um, but this is a pressing mat that covers your entire ironing board and it lives underneath like your normal cotton board cover. So you're getting the benefit of smooth fabric and flat seams that a wool pressing mat provide, but it just, it just lives on your pressing board all the time. Um, and this pad can fit a standard board, but it can be trimmed to fit if needed. So you can just cut away the parts that are too big. So that's all the products I have to share today. So we will link to them all in our show notes so that you can check them out more if you're interested. Everyone have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, I hope you get to spend it with the people you love and doing something you love. And as I love our podcast listeners and hosting the show, I'm already having a great holiday. So I will talk to you all next week.